You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, buddy, how you doing? Good, man. How about you? I am doing great. Uh, Kyle is the first one again here saying hi, Sid, to your buddy from Kyle of Wisconsin. Cool. Always the first one to, to uh, message in. I'm trying to turn this off. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. All right. Yeah, like I said, there's Kyle. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Always in first. Sergio, this is neat. Sergio said the vicious circle or vicious circus. It's a vicious circle, actually, is the greatest assembly after church. Oh, thank you, Sergio. <laughs> ah, Kyle has a question though. Who's going to win the game today, Packers or Tampa Bay? Oh man, you know uh, we're going to talk about sports a little bit. This is one sport that I'm not very good at picking, um, and the reason why NBA in the NFL, the guys just don't try all the time. Uh, so it's hard to say who's really going to win. Um, you have a better chance of saying, like, the NBA, I said, you know, the, the Lakers would win the, the championship. That's easy to say. Um, but who's going to win today is hard to predict in the NFL or the NBA on a day-to-day basis. But I will go with – I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, and this is just a I'm, – I'm old I'm, – this is a – that's probably the first – my first favorite team as a kid was the Packers. So – but uh, Aaron Rodgers is good. They're they're doing they're, um, I think it's just a better system all the way around, and that's why I would go with the Packers. The no, Packers, right? The Packers. Nice. Uh, real quick, we got a couple of these. Real quick, Howie says, watching from Newfoundland, Canada. Newfoundland. Yes. Or Newfoundland. Ah, oh, accent on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see, and then Rondell. Says good afternoon, Robin Sid. Good afternoon, Rondell. <laughs> he's he's constantly in here. Like he's. I got... like I like Rondell. Yes. So now you wanted to start out just clearing up a couple things, and then we're going to jump into some questions. So yeah. Well, and then too, um, I'm probably I'm I'm not really apologizing. I'll apologize a little bit for being so irate last Wednesday. Um, I you know I've always told people you can't take these things personal, even though, um. This got personal to me a little bit about the person saying bringing my family into this off the air. If you've done it on the air, it'd been different than I could have pointed you out, you know, and 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 had my way with you. But again, um, I have to be, you know, 
my skin has to be a little bit thicker than that. Uh, but the reason that really got to me was I know this person personally, and they've been in my home. Uh, they know my family, and then they know me that I separate myself from this business and my family. Um, so, but that's the reason that was like that last week. So, um, but I want to um, start with a little politics. It's going to be about 32 seconds. That's how quick it's going to be. And I'm going to get out of politics and I'm going to tell you why, because I've already won this bet. Donald Trump is not going to win. All right. So, um, but the thing is, the reason I want to get out of politics a little bit too, it seems like we're the only ones talking about our point of view. If anyone out there has a question or wants to bring something up, I'm glad to talk about it with you. As long as that's what we're doing is talking about it. Right. And that, um, you have something that you're interested in talking about. I don't want to be the only one talking about it. I did want to make my point clear over the last few episodes to where people at least know where I'm coming from a little bit. Um, so again, to get back into that just a second. So this is where I stand on the election. I said that I had a feeling that uh, Donald Trump was going to lose. As I said this two years ago, and I've been, I've never come off that. And I don't come off things just like a, you know, when I bet on something like the last year, I didn't bet money, but I said, you know, that the um, the Astros or the Dodgers would be in the World Series. It ended up being the Astros and um, the Nationals, which the Nationals were my favorite team. And I still didn't come off of that favorite team, even when they – I could have. It went to the seventh game, right? So I could have came off that and said, okay, it's time to go for the Nationals. But I didn't do that. I stuck with what I really felt was going to happen. And I lost. And sometimes I do lose. And I and I admit to that. Um, but I feel like everything that we're seeing right now with this election, I said also real quick that for this, even for Joe Biden was the candidate, I said that Donald Trump couldn't win an election if he was going against a broom. <clears throat> I said that not every day on the show, but I said it to Rob. I said to other people have questioned me about this. And Joe Biden really emphasizes exactly what I said is 100% right. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse with this hay fever. So um, that's why, again, we're going uh, to, that's what I feel. I feel that's going to happen and that will happen. Um, on the COVID-19, we're talking about the mask and that's where this whole incident came with this person who attacked me and my family. This is the thing on the mask, everyone. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I like Joe Biden or I like Donald Trump because I don't like either one of them. I'm not saying you have to wear a mask. I'm just saying what we're seeing is su suggesting that wearing a mask is a safe thing. And I'm not saying either two. I'm not saying that we need the mandate, stay at home, go in shelter. I, but if we are going to go out and we want to live as normal as we can in, in these conditions, a mask might be, and I say might, work for you. It works for me. Uh, and it might help. So that's all I'm going to say about masks. Anyone else has questions about those things, you're welcome to tune in and we'll talk about them. But um, this is why I'm going to, real quick, when I went real quick to them, when we started, started talking about this show, really what we want to do is talk about some of the misguided information out there about wrestling. And uh, that's what we want to know as well, everyone. If you, if you got questions about wrestling and really look for an answer, I think I have them. Um, so we'll talk about those things too. One, I feel like I've been able to see things, 
um, differently. And I think I, I and I've said this to people that I know real well. I do think I look at things much differently, and I'm able to absorb a lot of things and look at things and be able to come out just like in sports. Um, I don't just look at um, like when I pick a, a team to win or I pick Donald Trump to lose. It's not I didn't pick one issue. I gather all the issues and I weigh them out and gather them up and, and then say what really looks like this is going to happen. Now, a lot of it's just guessing uh, because um, that's what we do when we're, you know, betting or something like that. Um, but so I'm looking at this. So that's where we are in that. I'm doing this just for fun, um, to have a friendly bet and for, you know, with the two or three people I had to bet with. Um, I don't think I'm going to see my money. Um, don't need it. <laughs> but it'll be the it'll just be the victory will count for me. Yeah. So um Bragging again, right. I, I apologize for Wednesday of going crazy like I did, but um I've had a lot that week that I was questioned about. And um one was, you know, I, I wanna ask them <clears throat> someone, I won't say their name, I wanna ask them times I wanna ask people sometimes, do you look at me do you really think I'm stupid? That I really don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe you look at me you know, people look at me because I was a wrestler where I'm big and I look the way I do that. Maybe I don't have any sense to me. I'm loud and obnoxious sometimes, too. And that doesn't really uh, translate into IQ or being an intelligent person. But this is what the definition of IQ is. IQ stands for intelligent quotient, meaning it says the ability to ability to reason, take logic and things to reason with these things and be able to somehow come out with an answer for these things. And if you're really good at the, you know, taking logic and, and putting all this, these facts together to come up with something, if you can predict something, and it actually says that. And then it says something about, um, I guess, in 2013 or something, they started adding what how IQ would be determined also was um, your age and what, your, you know, what you remembered from beginning to end. And that, the, that just become part of IQ. But really, it, uh, it says, you know, again, ability to reason, logic, come up with these things and think of something, an answer, and to actually be able to predict something. I think I've been able to do that, at least on this show for the last year. I've been able to do that, and I know no one wants to hear this, and I'm going to really piss off a lot of people. I've been able to do this my whole entire life, okay? So that's why also, and it was started out just to be wrestling stuff that we were trying to correct. And we've just stumbled into some other things that I've been able to correct as well. So if you think I'm wrong and you want to argue with me, you're welcome to do that too. Okay. So enough of that. Let's go into sports and wrestling. You got it. The one thing I will add to that, Sid, I think when we spoke, I said, I think you have the greatest analytic mind for especially wrestling stuff because you didn't come into it with a passion. You came right. into it with a business sense and that right. When you eliminate passion, you you think a lot clearer. You do, Rob. And that's what, uh, again, I, that's what happened to me Wednesday. I, passion took over. You know, yeah. where, uh, and again, and I, I'm not looking for an excuse for myself, but it was, um, again, people that know me, and this person just does know me, I don't bring my family into things. You know, my family never come to wrestling maybe three times their whole entire life. And it was because they were stuck on the road with me uh, pretty much. So again, um, but again, that's how, that's that. Well, I'm going to toss a couple up real quick just to show where people are from around the world. Here's Gernot. It says, best regards from Austria. 
Hey, Grenard. I, I don't. I think that's Roberto O'Neill, mm-hmm. but it's from Belfast, Ireland. Hey, man, uh, Roberto. Uh, yeah, I, there's a. An, it looks like an I with a symbol over it. I, I don't know the the letters, but it looks like Roberto. Yeah, we'll go with Roberto. Yes. And then here's another good question from David. Uh, what's up, Sid? Who are you pulling for tonight, Braves or Dodgers? Well, I'm pulling for the Atlanta Braves, but I'm going to stick to my guns. The Dodgers are going to win the World Series. They're not just going to win the National League. They're going to win the World Series. And they should have, everyone. And, again, this isn't – I'm not a Dodger fan. Um, but the Dodgers should have won it the last two or three years. And the only actually team that really had a threat to them that actually was better than they were last year, other than the Nationals, was the Houston Astros. And what's happening in baseball is baseball's changed, everyone, meaning that you see these guys pulling out little papers out of their pocket. They're looking, and this is called analytics. They're saying what they think is going to happen next during this pitch sequence and everything because what's happening in the game. So, um, so when teams started taking on this philosophy, teams like – the Red Sox, when they won the World Series, the Dodgers and the Astros, who can afford to do this, they went out and hired about two position players for every position. Sometimes a left and a right-handed batter or a switch hitter that could go in and out in, in different positions. Or say someone say that was a right-handed hitter but hit really good against right-handed pitchers. That usually doesn't work out like that. So the Dodgers have that formula. Then they also have the best pitching maybe in baseball right now. The, the reason they would have lost to the Astros last year because the Astros did have better pitching and they picked up one more pitcher right before the World Series, and that was Grinky. And that proved not to be enough against the Nationals when momentum is on your side. But again, um, I'm going to say I'm rooting for the Braves, but the Dodgers should win. Oh, that's well done. Uh, Kyle, our buddy here, said, uh, thanks, buddy, Sid. I will bring you to a Packers game sometime. All right, man. Go cheeseheads. And here we go. Hello from Fort Worth, Texas. I kind of like it when they put where they're from. That's yeah, neat. I do too. I love Fort Worth. I actually worked in Dallas for a summer one time for a company called Delta Steel. We erected up large buildings. Actually, I worked on the the hangar at Love Field one time. Pretty scary work being up in the sky like that. Oof. I'm not a heights person. If it's higher than a chair... Rob, I wasn't either. I was the ground crew, and I was the only person on the ground crew. And I made sure that I was the only person on the ground crew. If they ever took me up top, I stepped on the ceiling so much, I bent, I was bent everywhere I stepped. And they said, just stay down, check extension cords. <laughs> so I had a great job, man. I find as I get older, too, my fear gets a little more intense. Like I'm playing a video oh. game, and I'm looking oh. over a cliff in a video game, and I get that roll in my stomach. <laughs> Rob, I can't even step on a, I'm not kidding, a, a milk crate. <laughs> nope. I'm not kidding. I'll tell you funny, when I was doing that steel work, uh, Dominic was our boss, and this one guy, I can't remember his name, he's going to have to take vacation. So me and a buddy of mine, Mike, we, we started work at the same time for the company. And um, so it was either going to be me or him that's going to have to go up and w- walk these four-inch, six-inch beams 30, 40, 50, 100 feet in the air with someone doing it next to you carrying something with no safety. This is before safety stuff. You know, watching it from the ground for two or three months, you're, wow, man, this looks pretty easy. I think I could do this. So these beams st- might start off at 10, 15 foot, you know, and then work themselves up at an angle 
like a roof would, you know, pitch itself. So I told Darwin, again, what I think I could do this. I told the forklift guy, put me up there. And again, it wasn't but about 10 feet, you know, the first step, you know, the first phase of this um, height. When I got up there, this is no exaggeration. I was like a cat in that steel. I leached onto it and they couldn't get me off of there. And the time I got back down, I said, no, no, no. And hell no, I can't do this. <laughs> Thanks for the offer. I'll be downstairs. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the ground crew. Oh, here's one from Sergio. Hey, Sid, you going to be in any movies soon? Well, it's funny you ask that, Sergio. We were uh, contacted by a guy today that uh, I'll let Rob talk a little bit, who has got a little bit of an idea. What is it, Rob? It's a virtual. Tell me about it. Uh, it's a web series that he wants. A web to, yeah, based on a belt that he wants to put into a real promotion. But the web series would all be fictional. Right. So it sounds like a very cool idea. Yeah. So that's the latest thing. And that was just as of today. Yeah. And I know us here at JX3, we still have a character we wrote for you. Right. Now we just got to wait for the border to open up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, Rondell again. Uh, thank you, Robin Sid. I like you all too. There we go. There you, you go, Rondell. You can tell how fast I'm getting to these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's up, Sid from Louisiana? Hey, Steve. And here is Andrew. Andrew is a bit busy right now. He was going to join us today, but uh, he had some medical emergency come up with his family. So right. we had to kind of skip today. Now, did you want to say why or you want to keep that? I don't know. Um, only let's, because... let's just wait. Let's let Andrew say it if he wants to. Yeah, but we are thinking of you, Andrew, you and your family. And right. uh, we'll be waiting to chat with you when you get back. Just our, our prayers are with you. I hope everything goes good, Andrew. Exactly. Um, here's one. Uh, Farhan said the dream match would be Sid versus Brock. I think it would. Uh, you know, both our characters were a lot alike. Um, we're both real aggressive and things like that. So I, I definitely think it would be a, a good match, especially it's got to happen someday. I would think they'll turn him baby face at some point. You know, it would have made for a good match. Uh, yeah. Hey, speaking of rep matches for just a second, I just thought of something. Um, you know, we were talking last week too about uh, a, a, a gentleman who had contacted me about a story about where he had, that Jim Ross had referred to him and his brother as a couple of darkies. The guy called me a couple of days ago and we talked. And I told him, I said, you know, uh, when we talked before, I said, wouldn't you think about it? He called back and said he, he would have loved to come on and talk about it, but he's afraid the person that told him that he doesn't want him to be exposed uh, or have, you know, take through this because, and I won't bring up the reasons, but I told the guy this, that it would have, you know, if he came on, you know, and told his story, you know, um, it might've cost him some backlash where it might've cost him a, a night or two in the business where, you know, but they're not using him anyway. I said, it might've helped you get a couple bookings as well. Uh, so I don't think that would have hurt you too much. I said, but the, this is what I, this, and this, I'm not trying to be a journalist, but this is the only thing I'll say for anyone who has a story like that or has something, you know, they're calling us to talk, tell us a story. Sometimes when you're fighting against something like in this case in quality or, or lack of uh, being treated fair would be, it's not going to ever happen overnight. It's going to take little bitty steps like this. Uh, now, 
why I'm going to him real quick is because he told me some things about, and I should have, I wish I would have uh, said these things because I would have said these things if I were uh, trying to predict AEW. Now he, he does, he doesn't know. He didn't, I didn't ask him anything about AEW. He just started telling me some things when, when he was there. And I know that um, now we can pretty much put a finger why there's cases or why we see things happening there that look maybe unprofessional or stuff like that. Same things are happening there that happened to WCW. They don't know the finishes before they go to the ring. Um, they don't know the finishes of that, that night. They change them all through the night. They change the, all these angles. They're bringing – everybody's got their best friend working there. And that stands out to me when, when I'm, one face I see in there that, God, just take him off your TV, and that's Jake Roberts. You don't need to have a full-time crack addict on your TV. Uh, but that's what it looks like to us, okay, the people. So. Um, but this is what he did say to me, and I've never said this story to him, but he said this to me. He goes, you know, Sid, he says, when I was there, he goes, seems like nobody's listening to the people that really know what they're talking about or maybe could help that place. He talked about the owner, seemed confused and was screaming out at something and uh, like it ringed that something wasn't going on the way they were wanting to. So that says a lot of confusion is going on. It says these people are taking advantage of that owner. Now this looks more like a um, glorified independent show now more than it ever did but this is what the kid said he's not a kid um he was when i first met him but this is what he said to me and i know now that what's probably going on because he said sid you know who they should listen to and i said who's that he said arn anderson and i agree with him 100 after meeting arn the first time i met him coming to wcw i'd say within less than a month i said and i got to meet him rick flair you know, first, I thought Ric Flair should be running the business because the reason I say this is this, because at that particular time when you was world champion, you had to know more about the business than anyone. You were put into territories and put in situations and matches. You had to know more about matches and finishes than anyone else because that was your job to be able to come back and protect that belt. I don't think it was in his case as much as it was Harley Race. However, Ric Flair proved me wrong on that. He is as stupid as anyone else I've ever met. However. When I met Arn, first thing I said about Arn was he needs to be the person that hands out all the finishes in the business. One, because watching him work and in the tag team situations, he came. I saw him come up with finishes all the time and spots, and he was able to just had a vast amount of knowledge. This kid said the same thing. So that confirms what I've always believed about Arn. But I, I remember in WCW when me and Arn would be sitting there talking sometime, and it was be about my match working with someone else and I'll just use Disco Inferno and I knew Arn wanted to just pull it, what Harry had left in his, out of his head and he also wanted to probably choke um, Disco. Even someone who is smart as Arn, he cannot help you if you're not listening to him. So I'm giving you, the owner of the uh, AEW, a little bit of advice. Listen to people like that. Now, I don't know if Arn would give you all the right information but most of the time he doesn't have a hidden agenda. Um, and if the things are going on there, which I know they are, and I, I can't believe I didn't see. And I probably did see these things. I just, I guess I was hoping so bad that this place would be run to, ran just a little bit better. But everyone in there has some idiot that they don't need to have on payroll. And so what's going to happen is this guy's going to eventually say, man, we're just spending too much money. So all these mistakes you're doing, paying these people you don't need to pay, and using people that you don't need to use, this is going to shorten your life and your in your territory. So that's my next prediction for AEW.
That's good. That's actually, I put the question up that Farhan asked that. He said, what do you think of AEW? And do you think they have what it takes to compete with the WWE? That pretty much answered. Well, I I really, listen, they do have what it takes. They've got a good TV. They've got someone who has a little bit of money that can, you know, maybe go a few years to be able to do that. Um, But what, again, when we talked a little bit uh, Wednesday, the signs I'm seeing, you know, uh, the empty spots now know that the, the finishes are messed up. But like, for instance, I can't remember. It was, uh, oh, it was Chris Jericho working with that orange guy. And the finish was horrible. Now, uh, I knew Jericho was going to put him over, but I forget how he put him. Oh, it was a, it was a, like just a slide over deal. That was stupid. Made him look weak. And what it was, his ego got in the way. All right. He should have put the kid over with his finish. You always, you don't want to get beat with a jab you want to get beat with overhand right okay you don't want to wow he got he not got knocked out with just a left jab or a right jab but he got you know knocked out with the overhand left or right that meant something you know what i mean so all those little bitty things like that are going to be small little micro turns and you want those micro turns to pull your your needle to the positive where your micro turns aw are pulling you to the negative and you keep that up your your territory and your run would be short-lived that's yeah <laughs> i can't even comment on that no um, dale says here uh hey sid i hope you're well just watching the 97 royal rumble you versus hbk looking forward to it okay cool man you must be getting ready for it howie here has a question though i have a question for sid back in the 80s there was a wrestler from newfoundland sailor white he was one half of the wwf tag team champions did you ever work with him I don't think I did. If I did, I just don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember that name either. Sailor White. Unless he went by a different name. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name either. Hmm. Uh, here's one from Ray. How long was the recovery period when you snapped your leg jumping from the top rope? Oh, um, that was the second rope, actually. But yeah, we talked a little bit about this. Yeah, you know, honestly, unfortunately, it it become more of a downer now than it was, say, the first couple of years. But um, something like that, Ray, you just don't recover. Um, and it really, and as years go on, it really starts showing up and take more of a toll. And it's pretty simple. My left leg is an inch shorter than my right leg. Now, now I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgot this. You know what bothers me about my leg the most, everyone? And again, um, real quick to politics, we found out real quick in this world we can make a difference as people. Um, and I'll just go to when people decided not to watch the NFL anymore or the NBA, they've had the worst ratings. Things will change in those things. Okay. Or it'll get better or we'll forget and we'll start watching again. Um, on the NFL deal, the, um, uh, the guy I'm talking about my leg break, the guy, uh, Alex Smith, you know, he broke his legs and they've made this big deal, which they should have about him. You know, you, I couldn't get the WWE to pick up the goddamn phone to, you know, take my phone call. Well, not me, but they wouldn't talk to my lawyer. They wanted to talk to me, and I didn't want to talk to them for reasons. I didn't want to start off on a bad foot, and I know I'm capable of doing that, right? So that's why I had someone in the middle. But this is what they did to me, everyone. They pushed me to the side, and what they're trying to do, they're trying to make everyone everyone forget about me, which they're not going to be able to do that. And who's going to be able to make sure that doesn't happen, and that's the people. Gotcha. Remember, everyone, you have the word. 
you know, if you have the word if I'm the one's going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame or not. You know, not that that matters to me. And I've told everybody that it doesn't matter. But, yeah. you know, they're not they're not offering anything because they really want me to be forgotten. And Vince does that because he does it to anyone who's ever stood up to him before. And I stand up to him then and I stand up to him now. Yeah. And see, but that shows the, the power of your character, too, that they ended up bringing you back. Right. You know, even after they got rid of you because. Of right. The well, that's the thing is that to me was the, the, a better victory than making four times the money working for WCW, Rob. And that's what I've said that so many times. Yeah. Uh, here's a comment from David. Uh, he's, this, he asked the question earlier. He says, thank you for signing my baseball a few weeks ago on one of the vir virtual, virtual meet and greets. Go Braves. Go Braves. Think about the Braves uh, real quick about when you see teams win the World Series. And I'll go back to the Chicago Cubs. Um, or we'll go to the Astros. Or we go to the Nationals. Um, you always have to have a utility player, not say someone who can play all positions, but you have to so, so come in and just be able to take a lot of pitches at the plate and not hit a home run, but take a lot of pitches at the plate. You got to have, have a guy that can get on with bases with just balls and be able to steal a base and get home on that one run that matters. Chicago that year, they won the World Series, had Jason Hayward. Um, no, that's Jeff from out in Atlanta. Um, but they had Jason Hayward and Ben Zovers. Ben Zovers was, I believe, a switch hitter. He had been brought in from the uh, Tampa Bay with Joe Madden, and Joe Madden knew him real well. And that's what got them over the hump. Um, last year with the Nationals, they actually had a couple of those players like that. Can't remember the guy's name, but he was the – I, I want to say he hit the home run in the last game to win it or the Grand Slam or something. But he's still with them. Um, he's, but, it, but he's not – he wasn't the star of the team. Uh, and then you have to have just a little bit of luck, and you have to have some really good pitching. And the pitcher's got to perform. And in and, and baseball, in the World Series, usually pitching wins. Unless you're the Dodgers, you got good pitching, and you got they've hit more home runs this year than anybody. I got to admit, uh, I haven't watched baseball at all this year. Usually, I watch at least half the games, but here right. I just haven't. Um, it's tough. Yeah, it started so late, and you know, it just doesn't feel the same. So no, well, that's something too. Um, that's probably why you know when I picked the the Dodgers and the Yankees to be there, I don't think that the Yankees was really the team that was going to go for the long haul because they didn't have any pitching. But the thing was they had enough offense that it might get them there. And it almost did. Um, but again, it, when it comes to the world series, you got to have some pitching. Uh, here is George. Uh, hey guys, George is like still desperate to meet you. He, uh, he's, he runs craves up here at the poutinery. Mm -hmm. Remember that uh, picture I sent of the Philly cheesesteak? Oh yeah. Hey George. Mm -hmm. That's the guy who makes them. All right, George. Thank you for the picture. Yeah. So anybody in Chatham, go check him out. Uh, yeah. Here's a good one from JD. Question for Sid. What was your favorite war games match? The one in 93 with you, Harlem Heat, and Vader against uh, Davy Boy Smith, Sting, Shockmaster, and Dustin Rhodes? Or the war games in 91 with you, Rick, Barry, and Larry versus Pillman, Sting, Rick, and Scott Steiner? You know what? Honestly, I, I remember both those matches, but I didn't know if you would have said war games, I, I would have not been able to tell you that's what it was. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I don't, I've been honest about that. I don't, I've looked at, never looked at a booking sheet. I never knew who I was working with till I got there. And I did that for the big shows too. Um, I just, even in my first WrestleMania, uh, 
I for, actually was asked a question about it a couple of years later, and I forgot that that not that I forgot, it just just you know, it was just another day at the office. I remember because we were talking, and uh, every once in a while, it's like, okay, that match, where was it? And it's like, oh, it's Toronto. Oh, okay, that one. You remember yeah. my stadium, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Uh, here is one from ZS Lawrence. Do you think that the major promotions know how to push a big man the way they used to? Guys like you, Taker, Andre, even Batista, their angle hinged on being physically dominant and imposing. But I don't see that being played on as well these days. It's not, I don't think they know how to do it. And of course, when you're not there, you don't know why they're not doing it. But the business is taking a swing towards weird. Um, again, I'll go back to the episode about South Park. You got Cartman, who's a 15-year-old Vietnamese prostitute who's had 52 abortions. That's what wrestling is today. And and I'm not and I'm not downing people like this, but this is the thing is, and AEW is also now looking like that. Nothing wrong. I want everybody to have a chance. And in AEW, I want you to put all the money out there that the boys can take from you too. I want the boys always to win. You know, I always want the boys to win. But I do have, you know, I, in our business, and I've said this, there's a place for everyone and we need everyone. But when you take someone like that, my, what I don't know what her name is or his name is, but he's a trans, I think he's transgender or she's transgender. That's what I've been told. To me, it looks like they're taking advantage of that person. Um, you know, I just don't know. Um, actually, the, the guy or girl, she, they're a great worker. I like that idea because I like you sort of get a guy makes it okay for him to beat up girls, you know, so I can see the heat behind that. I just don't know if they're using transgender the wrong way. Uh, you know, Rob, go ahead. I was just going to say, it'd be interesting to come up with a, a platform to go cross gender because like right now, if you look at say a female boxer opposed to a male boxer, one's going to hit harder than the other. Right. So if there is a way to gauge how hard a pissed person hits, puts them in a certain division, not what their gender is. Right. You know, um, now there's another character on there, AEW, that is a, I'm assuming it's a guy that dresses like a girl. But actually, now, I like that because it's funny. Uh, but funny doesn't sell. All right. So, but then that's not, to me, that's just a real cool version or a modern day version of uh, Adrian Street or, um, I can't believe I can't, um, Buddy Rhodes, or who was our first, Adrian Adonis? Mm -hmm. Who was our first one that did this before TV? Um, Gorgeous George, the real Gorgeous George. That, to me, is our modern-day Gorgeous George. Um, and I, I think, again, of course, Gorgeous George, back in his day, did sell tickets. This person is not going to be able to sell tickets, but it's good to have on there. Um, but the other one, I don't know. But get back to the other about the big guys. They're not, they, they haven't forgot how to use big guys. They're just not using them for whatever reason. And I think they could, that would make a whole new division practically, just like in UFC. Well, it'd make a division or then you would have, you know, uh, more pieces of candy in the box. Yes. Yes. Here's a couple more uh, people. Uh, hey, from Coventry, England in the UK. And hey, Dale. Hello from Canada. Oh, Dr. Stevel. Oh, Steve. Well, how's it going, Steve? We have to get him on here. 
Yeah, we got to get him on one week. I don't know why we haven't. I don't either, honestly. <laughs> well, he's, a, he's probably smart not to get on here after listening to me the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. He goes. This oh, has been like a, this has been like a mix between Internet Sid and Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys. Here's one for from Gernot. Uh, Rob, could you ask Sid where it's possible to get an autogram card? I don't know what an autogram card is. I'm guessing that's an autograph. Um, one of these uh, cards that we have. Oh. That, you know, like a, um, you know, I don't even know what they're called now, but this little with your statistics, it's like a trading card. Gotcha. Okay. Do you have those? I do have some of those. And what we're going to do, everyone, um, I'm working with uh, Rocky and them with the virtual asylum and um, getting some stuff to them. And we're going to get pictures of stuff. And, and those things will be on there as well. Excellent. On the next, yeah. Those guys are so good at putting that together. I, they, they really are. They, they really are. are. Uh, here is one from Greg. Hey, Sid, wishing you the best. I can see the passion for baseball. What is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, didn't see that coming. Well, it's got to be um, The Natural. Uh, to me, it's just, I almost cry sometimes when he hits that home run. I'm not kidding. And this is something, too. Baseball was such a passion for me as a kid. You know, again, I was lucky being in the right place, right time. Had a really good old coach. He just died recently in a fire. His name was uh, John Frazier. And he was, you know, an old old school coach, really worked us hard, you know, you know, on nights before games or nights, yeah, nights before games or days of games. We weren't allowed to go swimming. We couldn't be out after curfew. If he caught us at the baseball field, he'd punish us and stuff like that. Uh, but when if there was a chance, say, that it got rained out or something, I really would cry. I would be you know, I'd sit at my house all day doing the right things, and then it rained, and dude, I would just cry my guts out. I remember that was one of the first podcasts we did. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. Oh, darn it. Uh, here's Andy. Uh, if you all want to bring me on now, I can be on for about 20 minutes. I have no idea when he pun published that. We'll just try next time, Rob. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got a 30-minute drive to go check on his mom. You go check on your mom, bud. We will talk to you soon on that. Sure. Don't worry about that. Okay. Here is one from Giacomo. Sid, what psychology goes into standing nose to nose with an opponent before you fight them? Sid was always the best at that. Well, to me, that's the same as grabbing a hold or uh, doing a maneuver. Uh, what you're doing is you're you're building up anticipation. It always helps as the other person has got what we use the word steam or is over a little bit to make that stare off work. But um, that's, again, that's like maybe grabbing a headlock, but in a better form by not having to grab a headlock. I've, I've talked about that before. Uh, here is another one from Gabriel. Uh, hey, Sid, quick question. Do you have a workout list? What do you mean? I'm guessing. What do you mean by workout list? Now, um, I have workout ideas about what we should do before we work out and certain things. And I'll go over one because I don't know what you're talking about. So if you're if you're a person who's working out and you're trying to debate what's more important, cardio or working out, or say weightlifting, what should come first in the gym? And this isn't me saying this is a doctor saying this. And I watched a a panel of doctors studying over going over a medical journal or working on a medical journal talking about this very issue. And so they were arguing back and forth uh, about what was the most important. And the one doctor out of the five had the best. Um, philosophy about it he said okay all right so what's the 
we know that cardio is one to help us recover quicker between sets, but it's usually a tool used to lose weight. All right. So the easiest way to lose weight is actually through diet, not cardio. Both help. So in trying to lose weight, you have to the more lean muscle we, we have on our body, the faster we burn body fat. The hardest thing to do for the human body is to produce one pound of lean muscle mass. So your workout should always come first before your cardio. And that's why diet is so important. Uh, if you have a more specific question, come back with it. Yeah. Um, I, th I think I'm probably about 15 minutes behind on the questions here. I'm trying to uh, make I sure you don't miss many. Uh, here's one from Val. Hey, Sid, uh, from Braves County in on in Atlanta. Have you ever been asked to join a partnership with starting a company or coaching wrestling uh, to up and coming talent that wants to get into the business? We sort of talked a little bit about this. Yeah, the thing is, is this, you know, most people, again, the business is sort of geared itself up that people can't do that. It always helps, like you said, Val, to have an organization first, uh, because that way, when you get through training someone, you can take them right into a position that they can have a job. So um, that's why you can't really do one without the other. And then today, the training is just not there. Now, I, as far as this, too, like whenever I've helped someone, uh, this fat kid named Stumpy, um, when he wanted to become a wrestler, I had him actually go through someone who I didn't like at the time. I still don't like his name's Ken Wayne, but the guy was a good trainer. Now I don't have time. To, and I've done this before. I've taken a bunch of my friends, people I met at the gyms, took them in buddy Wayne, when buddy Wayne was alive, take them in the backyard and teach them all the moves and blah, 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 blah. But what I really trying to get them to, do I get them to the ring and teach them what I'm best at and that psychology, how to work and how to you know do work with the people. So I would rather prefer to have someone already have the, you know, headlock maneuver stuff down and then let me help them with the more important thing. And that's how to make the, all that work in a match. That's a good answer. Um, Giacomo actually had a comeback question. Also, what commentator do you think puts you over the best? He thinks Jim Ross. No, this thing is, you know, um, and I've said this about Jim. I like Jim. But he's old. He's an old song. Um, and he's pretty good at his play by play. And I think that's what he likes to be known by. But I've always said this for since um, I can remember the best commentator, in my opinion, that made everyone look better than they were was Lord Alfred Hayes. And I use the same example because it's what I saw. You know, when I'm watching the WWF and I'm you know watching WCW as I'm going through my beginning stages in my wrestling career, I was watching, you know, again, both shows and I'd see, and it seemed like every time Jim Duggan would come on, it'd be Lord Alfred Hayes commentating the match. And Lord Alfred Hayes just had this great way of, he's a bubbling great human being and blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like, wow, this guy's really something, this Jim Duggan, you know? And then um, I'll never forget my first show with WWF. It was actually, uh, it was a replacement. It was in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, at the palace, and I, I think it, I'm pretty sure I was replacing Flair that night for some reason. So I was working, I was in the locker room, and I remember Jim Duggan, you know, coming back for whatever reason. I don't remember him early in the night, but I remember coming back in the from the ring. I looked at him, I said, Man, this is just a fat guy with really bad blue tights, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that need he needs new ones. And I thought, Wow, this guy, Alfred Hayes, is like a genius. So, in my opinion, no one did it better. Lord Alfred Hayes. And um, again, Jim Ross to me is just, a, I don't know if he's, he's, 
if he's not giving people time to absorb what he's saying, a lot of times he doesn't, I don't think he knows what he's saying himself. Um, I do know right now from my understanding, he's having a hard time at AEW with the things that are going on there. Uh, meaning he doesn't understand how and I wor- heard this word for word from three different people. So it's not the guy um, thinks Jim, Jim Ross called him a darkie. Um, Jim is stuck in the old times, everyone. And that's why we need, I've said this for Jim Ross. I said this 40 years ago about WCW and WWF. We need some type of commentator out there. One that may be pulling a new audience and I, I'll use this. Now this guy's out of date, but I'll use this for example. And I used this 30 years ago, and that's why I'm using it today. Rick Dees. At the time, you know, Rick Dees was a real popular radio character, not just in one across the country and across the world. He was known, had his own television show and all those things. We don't need a commentator to know every hold. We can have someone out there knows those holds. We need a personality out there. And why I say that, usually radio people and Lawler sort of makes this come true. But again, Lawler was so full of stupid one-liners. That's why I didn't like Lawler as a commentator. I don't like stupid comedy all the time. And that's, again, what he was. And that's why you can't put him in even the mix of that. So, but again, it, it proves through even him being not that great at it, had a little bit of, he had a little bit of uh, background in uh, broadcasting. So if we got someone who has it, you know, it's got the voice and knows a little bit, but what the thing is in front of you is called a mic and how, you know, again, that would have been something experimental too. Rick D's isn't the only idea I would have had, but I use that for example. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he would have been a good one. I think, I think it works especially now because back then when it was kayfabe, it was worked like a sports uh, event. So like in boxing, you have them calling the shots in wrestling. You had them calling shots now with kayfabe gone and it's sports entertainment. It's exactly what you have to focus on is the entertainment side of it. Right. Rocky Turner here says, don't forget that DVD Sid." Rocky. I'm sending it out tomorrow. I've got it. I promise you. There we go. It's good to get him in there. Um, And Andrew was heading out, but he said he was going to ask. Uh, I was going to ask how you felt when Vince gave you the news that you were going to beat Sean at the, for the WWE title. Well, um, Andrew, I told that story a couple times. I already knew that was going to happen. Where uh, I'll repeat it just for the sake of repeating for you, Andrew. Um, what happened was it started on a just a regular house event that was at the Madison Square Garden when I was working with Vader. And in the WWE or WWF at the time, always the, you know, the baby face usually always goes over, especially in the house shows. And they should. And this is this was a particular night that I was a baby face because I was working with the heel. Uh, now, when I came back w- working with Sean, I was the heel. But all right. So they came to me and said, we need you to put Vader over tonight because when we come back here next time, we're going to be at wherever that pay-per-view was. And he's going to be working with Sean and he's going to take the title for Sean. I said, OK, no problem. So this is what happened that night. Now, me and Vader had just started working together in the beginning of our house shows. It was a little bit of a struggle. And the reason being was I was actually trying to be a baby face. And I was trying to do cross bodies and stupid stuff like that. And it just didn't work. And I hate saying this. I don't hate saying it because Jake is a smart guy when it comes to like the business. But he came to me and said, hey, man don't do the small man stuff, work a big man thing. And he even suggested to do a top wrist lock. All right. So how I did that was we started, actually, we just did the simple thing going into the test of strength, 
worked into a top wrist lock somehow. And I actually put him over. I did a cross body off the top rope where he caught me, planted me, and and did the um, moonsault. All right. So when we came back through the curtains that night, Vince is always there. Everybody's told the story at the gardens. He's always right there at the entrance. When he came through, when he was looking at me, I knew right then. Now, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they made up their mind after they see that I'm selling out everywhere. That's what changed their mind. So I'm sure that happened before them. I'm sure Vince wanted to see the reaction of the people and the fans himself. Uh, just hearing it from the agents. But as I'm walking through that night, I knew they had changed that. And I told a couple guys that were in the locker room. And so when we got to Indianapolis in your house, when I was working with Vader, Vince pulled me in. So said, we're going to change the finish tonight because I was put, supposed to put Vader over at that pay-per-view. And that was sent Vader into the pay-per-view with Sean. So he said, we're going to put you over Vader tonight. And we're going to put you in that match with Sean. I said, Vince, I told the whole locker room at the gardens that that's exactly what you were going to do. And uh, I think that pissed him off a little bit. <laughs> but again, I, I, again, I'm, I've, I've been able to predict these things, you know. And that's another prediction that I had done and it came true. All right, let's grab a couple more here. Uh, Anybody want predictions? Give me some. <laughs> give me. Give. If you want a prediction, give me something to predict. I need the lottery numbers. Well, that I can't get. <laughs> I had to try. <laughs> JJ says, "Greetings from Alpena, Michigan. A uh, huge fan from the '80s and '90s. Grew up in Milwaukee. Oh, is that Milwaukee then? Yeah. Oh, am I okay? So sorry. Um, saw you at the Bradley Center and the Mecca. Any memories from either venue? Yeah, um, let's see, where was it? Milwaukee. Um, it was cold, you know. <laughs> and be honestly, um, not until it went to the Bradley Center, if I'm not mistaken, did actually the thought of running Milwaukee was a good idea. It was sounded like fun because before that, if I'm not mistaken, it was a nasty little place we ran there, and it was always uh, we actually Milwaukee was like a second thought. Because it was, we were running Chicago and they were more times than not looking for a town to run where the company didn't have to fly you somewhere else. Okay. And they are real, they're really close. Right. Okay. Here is another one from Sterling. Ah, Sid, would you take a job with NXT as a trainer if Triple H wanted to hire you? Sean works there with Alberto, uh, AKA Train, and I hear he's offered Undertaker to come work. Regal works there too. I wouldn't mind starting at something like that. And I don't mind saying this either. I know it's going to piss a lot of people off. I'm smarter than the rest of those people as far as the business. I think I could do more for the business than just that. Again, I'm not into it. don't have time to teach people how to fall. Uh, that's not my deal. If you want someone that can take someone and teach them how to get over, the guys you just mentioned, you know, uh, Steve was a, was a good guy, but he never got over and drew money. Um Hunter was limited and as, even as much uh, the, as the machine got behind him, he was only able to do so much. And that's not a knock. This is just saying on paper what I would look like for your company. Uh, Sean, the same thing. Sean could teach you all those moves and stuff like that. He could teach you psychology and so can Hunter and them. But they can't take you to that next step to where you can draw money. Now, if you want someone that can help, the thing is I can't teach everyone that because not, not everyone can do that. But I can look at your talent because of my IQ for the business and I can more times than not pick the ones you probably have the chance of doing that with. And that's what you need. Honestly, right. that's what you need. they don't need this thing is 
their their talent are great work, you know, uh, mechanically, technically good, sound technicians. Uh, and we could use the word worker, but I like to use the word worker when they're actually able to take that and and sell tickets. And I don't see anyone. In, I don't see a, a lot of people able to do that. And you know what? Gernot has a good question to end with. Sid, what was your most emotional moment in your career? You know, honestly, probably didn't have one. Um, again, I left emotions out of it. Um, most satisfying deal was, again, making Vince, you know, use me when he didn't want to. And that emotion was, um, you know, um, like, hey, I fucking told you so. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask that because yeah, you came into this as a business. There was no right. There was no. It was no. I wasn't a wrestling fan. Uh, I I don't know if I become a wrestling fan. I have a lot of respect for it. Um, the more the most respect I have in the side in the business is for the fans. And I, I go back again. The most memorable moments with the fans were the ones that would sit out in the building, you know, behind the building in the snow and the rain, and walk me to my car, even if it was just to heckle me. I enjoyed that, you know, and it has some really good, funny moments with people heckling me. And I, I'll tell the same story when the little girl comes out to me and says, hey, Sid, you know, you, you really suck. And I go, yeah, I know. No, you really do. I'm like, oh, I know. I do. I really do. She goes, well, not too bad. I know. I, I'm not going to argue with you. I do. I, I suck. She goes, no, you're really pretty good. I went, no, you can't change now. She goes, well, I want to give you something. All right, give me something. And it was a piece of paper that said, one free visit with Dr. Kevorkian. So <laughs> that's to me, that to me is more important than even selling out the Madison Square Garden. And actually, it is more, not sort of, it is more important because I know I could do that. You know, I could sell out anywhere. But having that one moment with those two or three people, and I think we were in Buffalo that night. I'm almost 100% sure we were. And it was fun. I love those moments. That's awesome. Uh, okay, here's the final last question. Cheryl says, prediction needed. Will tomorrow be a good day at work? I think so. I think Monday will be a good day for work. Um, we've had a good weekend. Um, I'm sure you've been rested. You know, get you a good night's rest and get up you know, 15, 30 minutes earlier tomorrow. Put something positive in your day. If you really want it to be a good day tomorrow, how I start off my day a lot of times. And I've read, I'll tell the story about it. I try to read, a, um, I got a daily devotional. It's a common prayer book. And it gives you um, to go back and read once a little bit out of the Old, uh, Old Testament. And it brings you to bring one little reading out of the New Testament. Then it tells you about someone like Martin Luther King or somebody, you know, someone pretty cool. It's, it says one of their prayers that they did. So you get to actually pray with them. And it's weird how the Old Testament, and the New Testament, will actually have something to do with that prayer that day. And they'll have a little reading too about, you know, something. But, uh, and then what's really cool about that is how you'll see that. And I know they don't know I read that book, but you'll see that somewhere in your day. So if you really want to start your days off with a positive new attitude, pick up, go to the bookstore, pick up the common prayer book. And you don't have to be religious to do this. Uh, and it's, again, I picked it up just to be able to be, someone who could pray a little bit better because I, I was struggling with what I thought I just wasn't praying well. Excellent. I'm going to bring this last one up just so I can give some behind the scenes stuff here because Dean just mentioned my questions or shout outs never get mentioned. Um, 
what's going on is we're broadcasting to about seven different platforms right now. Three, five on Facebook and three on YouTube. So all of those comments are coming in. So when you see my screen, it's constantly moving. So it's not that I don't get them. I try and grab them as quick as I can. Right. Honestly, dude, I didn't see any post from before, so I apologize. And, and Dean, I, I've, no, Sabrina, my wife, tells me all the time to you know give a shout out to you, and I've got a bunch of people say that, and no one, and I mean this sincerely, with this emotion, um, no, Dean, no one deserves a shout out more than you do. You've been a, a constant fan of this show, a constant fan of myself. Um, you've been a, a, a loyal fan, so I should start. And I, this is the thing is. I was so amped up to get this shit off my chest about this uh, voting stuff and this person is attacking my family. So again, I, I, I'm going to, and I do write stuff down now before we start the show and I'm going to start trying to remember to give some shout outs. So let's start this end the show with shout outs today. Val, you're one of the best fans and one of the best question people. I like to say a shout out to Val today. I love you. Shout out to, of course, to Andrew, and then a special shout out to Eric and, um, out there in Sacramento that runs Cyclosid Promotions with his girlfriend, Carrie. And then a shout out to Jeff Arthur. Jeff Arthur is a, is a fan and a friend of mine for the last 10 or 20 years. I can't remember. Um, he battles with um, um, depression and he's actually been diagnosed as schizophrenia. The guy who he went to UCLA, Texas and Georgia, he's a really smart guy, actually graduated with a degree in college political science. He actually was on the campaign with Ronald Reagan. Really smart guy. And for his, and he told me this the other day, of course, he wants Biden to win because Biden's promising he's going to double Social Security. And me and Jeff talked about this. He's not going to do that, okay? But um, he's, Jeff is real smart. He says this is, and this is, and I believe this too. He said Biden will win as well because what he was taught, especially when he went to the University of Texas, so when the Demo- when when voter turnout comes out like it is right now, Democrats always win. So I so I put sort of put Jeff's IQ in there somewhere. I sort of lowered my IQ a little bit, but with my ability to predict, it raised it right there again above seventy five. See, that's what we aim for, <laughs> and that's right above mental uh, mental retardation. So I'm right there on that, guys. And I found one of Dean's. We'll end with this one then. Okay. I've always wanted to ask you, if you were inducted into the Hall of Fame, who would induct you? You know, um, yeah. if it was today, it'd probably be one of my one of the two one of my two sons. And if it wasn't, if it's after I'm dead or uh, ten years from now or five years from now or something like that, I'd want it to be my grandson. That would be cool. That would be very cool. All right. Well, there we go. That's that was a lot of cool questions today. Yeah, uh, I can see everybody's pretty happy about getting off politics as well. <laughs> I want everybody to know that Rob talked me into this. Uh, yeah. Well, you Rob, you did. I haven't lied yet. I'm not going to start right now. I, I think he didn't actually talk me into it, but one morning I started watching all these other shows. I said, Rob, what do you think? I, I will. All right. He sort of tried to talk me out of it, actually, a little bit, but I kept arguing with him, and we and we decided to do it, and and I could see that um, I didn't know what I was doing, so it was time to get out. I <laughs> I'm good. At, I'm good at predicting, but I don't very little about the whole realm of politics. I'd like to think this. 
everyone in closing today. I like to think that one day we can vote in a bipartisan president. So when, I know for all these years, I just thought it was impossible to make taxes right and education right at the same time or Social Security and Medicaid and all these things right at the same time. I just thought it was maybe something that was impossible because the way our system was, our government was set up. Well, it's not. Yeah. So remember this, everyone, because um, I, real quick prediction too: Joe Biden will only serve one term. And there's so many reasons he will only serve one term. If you want to know about them, I'll tell you about them. But he'll only serve one term. All right. So um, and what we're hoping, I'm hoping that America will see how smart they are and what they're capable of doing by the things they do do by making good decisions. And if we start looking now for the future, maybe we'll pick a better candidate next time around. Maybe the candidates will be worth picking instead of picking one that you don't want. Right. You know. Exactly. This is the thing is we don't want to be in the same boat. Well, I don't vote, so it's not me. But the people who are voting, I'm sure they don't want to be voting again against someone instead of voting for someone. That's just it. Someone that you would want to vote for would make you vote. Right. But you know one thing I have learned about? I don't know if I learned about it. What I see is that I can see why, you know, I've always, for the last, 50 years, I've been saying, you know, we need someone like Colin Powell. Well, I can see now just on the, you know, why would he want to run, put his family through all this when you know they're going to hammer him about the two wars he was in? You know what I mean? And that would be the big issue, not what he's capable of doing as a human being or as a person. You know, Rob, you and I talked about it, I think, last night. It'd be nice to go to someone like Colin Powell. You know what we're going to do? We're going to adapt Canada's form of uh, voting people in. We're going to make someone like we tr I think we all in the world could trust Colin Powell. So let's just say the America between the next four years say, let's all get together and pick someone like this. And let's say, let's change the whole establishment. Let's say that we're going to give Colin Powell a chance or someone like Colin Powell. And what we're going to do, if you're not doing good in six months, we're going to vote you out, and put someone else back in. That would make people do that would make our president act better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rob, agree or disagree? I do agree. Um, and here's a comment from uh, Dan says, I'm a proud to vote for Trump again. I got to say, if I was American, do you know who I'd vote for? Who? There you go. But this is the thing. This is the thing is I, I tell people, yes, vote for Trump. But don't just think of like last time a vote's going to get you a victory. Because from what I'm seeing about politics, that's not how it works. You've got to get off your butt, get off the couch and stop and get out there and do something. Even a simple putting up a sign, but you need to do something more than that. Now, um, again, I've said this. I'm not against Donald Trump. If if I had to choose someone, if I had to, which I don't have to, I would choose Donald Trump just because he has helped the economy. And I think he's uh, maybe right now we can say a lot of things about Donald Trump, um, but I don't think he's got the record of 47 years of failure now. When you look at this on paper, you got someone on paper. It says Joe Biden has 47 years of failure. Donald Trump, we you know this is what he runs on, that he's not your typical politician. He's a businessman. Well, Donald Trump is a bad businessman. So if that's what you're running on, that's why you're not going to win. But I encourage everyone to vote for him because, again, I don't think you can pick a, a worse candidate. I don't think you can pick a good one at this point, but I don't think you can pick anyone any worse. So I want everybody to vote, and I'm glad you are going to vote for Trump. There are some things I do stand by Donald Trump. 
Uh, I don't want to see statues taken down. Uh, I don't want, you know, things that were in our history. Some of them I understand. Some I do not understand. Um, again, those little silly things do sway me towards Donald Trump a little bit. But on the other things, again, bad businessman. All he had to do really to win this race was take sides with Tony Fauci or Anthony Fauci, have him with you every time you talk about COVID-19. And COVID-19 wouldn't be what gets you out of office. And that's exactly what's going to get you out of office. That people will take stupidity or uh, not say stupidity, but just stupid stuff, not things he says and does with the tweets and stuff. But this election will be lost on COVID-19. And his, uh, his uh, whatever, his inability to admit to that and work towards getting this better. And you know what I've said too, Rob? Even if you just have to lie about it or fake it, you know what I mean? You don't have to come across that non-caring all the time. Um, we could understand that. Because again, with COVID-19, I think it's exactly what everyone has said about it. It's a horrible um, uh, virus. Um, we It's not going to go away. Uh, it is going to go away, like Trump says, magically. It's not magically. It's going to go away for vaccines, therapeutics, and, and herd immunity. There's a word me and Rob was using six months ago that scared the shit out of us. But now we know that this is going to be part of getting rid of COVID-19. We have to get out in public. Uh, no matter what, we have to go to work and stuff like that. But to do that, we have to media, uh, 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 mediate. And whatever that is, I'm not going to say the word wearing mask or washing your hands. But that's what you got to do. Yeah. So, again, he could have won this thing. He really could have. Um, but he refused to win. I saw his daughter-in-law today. They're bringing up the stupid, their one stupid pitch that they have to fall back on about Joe Biden saying this was stupid. And if they, people were listening to Joe Biden... Um, that we've had 2 million people dead. That's not true. Um, no, we're listening you know, to Donald Trump who's saying don't wear a mask and only 200,000 people have died. So Joe Biden couldn't accelerate deaths by two and a half million or 2 million people. This doesn't happen. America is not like that. We're smart people out here. We're hardworking. We're, 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 we've got common sense and that's what keeps America going. And we're not going to let this beat us, everyone. I think Steve will said it best right here. Vote for who you think will benefit you and your country. The best. Right. Do that. Or in my case, don't vote. I'm not going to vote. I cannot vote for someone that, you know, if either person has this much negative stuff about them. And if we, of course, we already see the voter turning out, but people feel like we have to do this. And I can see that. Um, but this is like a prediction. I'm going to leave today's broadcast like this. I'm not really sure where we're going to go after this election, everyone. And that is the scary thing. Um, and I'll leave it right there. Sounds like a plan. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle podcast. Your host, Sid Udi, co-host Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Treblecock.